I was meditating on and praying over the the message tonight, and this was kind of when I say a vision, I'm not trying to it's just the mental picture that the the Lord gave me of this. There are three key parts of of what we're talking about. We're talking about restoring precision to God's system of faith, hope, and love. Amen. We're talking about a comprehensive approach to receiving from God. And then we're also talking about receiving from God as a three-dimensional being. And they're all three related. They're all three intertwined and connected with one another. And, you know, part of me says, let's, let's set two of these aside and focus on one of them and then focus on the next and do it that way. But this is the, the mental picture the Holy Spirit gave me. It's we're taking one and we're pushing it forward. And then we're coming back and we're taking the other one and we're pushing it forward. And then we're coming back and taking the third one and we're pushing it forward. And then we're going back over here and we're going to push this one. And so we're moving all three of them at the same time in the same direction. Amen. So I like to preach, you know, I don't know the right word to say it, but to be organized in my, in my thoughts and, you know, try to just, you know, ABC, one, two, three, lay it out there so that, you know, and we can still do that. The Holy Spirit will help us do that with, with this particular sermon series, but just know that we're talking about three key things and sometimes we have to talk about one and then next week talk about the other next week talk about the other and and yet we're wanting to again move all of those uh forward which calls for a need to um review even more because there's things that we talked about two or three weeks ago that now we're bringing back up so forth and so on okay now this comprehensive approach to receiving from god Jesus said in John 14 and 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And man, just as clear as the bell, clear as a bell the other day, about three weeks ago now, maybe four weeks ago now, the Lord said, um, I don't give as the world gives and you don't receive as the world receives. And we try to understand receiving from God based upon how we receive things uh, naturally, physically in, in this world system. And it's a little more involved than that. And last week we said it was a little more involved in that because we're moving things from the spirit realm into the physical realm. We said that we're a three-dimensional being. We have to understand that. And then we also said that we didn't wake up in a neutral world. In other words, you you have, you know, darkness, Satan, the devil, trying to steal from you and rob from you and prevent you from experiencing and enjoying the things that belong to you um, as a son and daughter of God. And so we need to understand this pattern that has been established for us in the scriptures the bible says to imitate mimic follow the pattern follow the example do what they did do it the way they did it of those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises and inheriting the promise means to actually hold in your possession that which father god has already given to you now we also said this word comprehensive 
as it relates to a comprehensive approach to receiving from God, means including all the elements or aspects of something. And one of the things that the Lord is showing us is we have a tendency to develop tunnel vision where one of these aspects or elements is concerned to the neglect of all the other aspects and elements. So expectation is, is a vital you know, part of receiving from God, but there's more to receiving from God than expecting to receive from God. Um, what God has done for us and freely given to us. I mean, if it wasn't for that, there would be nothing to receive from Him. And that's a key part of this. And the tendency is to just focus on that and, and, and become absorbed with that. And as important as that is, it's one aspect, it's one element of this comprehensive approach. And I really believe, and I'm, I'm already seeing some more breakthrough in, in my own life personally from these things by, by looking at it in a comprehensive uh, light as opposed to um, just, you know, one or two. The, the kind of, when I say no-brainer, I'm, the obvious, the most obvious, if you were to ask people who are at least biblically literate to some level, how do you receive from God? I mean, the answer is faith. And man, faith is a great answer, you know. But faith is one part, it's one aspect, it's one element of what we're calling this comprehensive approach. And so we see it in Scripture. You know, you, if you're not careful, you'll try to do an either-or approach instead of an all-and approach. So you read in, in one place where it mentions that this person did that. He was expecting to receive something from them. And so, you know, we preach five or six sermons on the importance of expectation. And, and I think I used this several weeks back, you know, where, and I'm not saying this is wrong. It's like, you know, where we're constantly looking for, you know, what's missing. Those of us, again, this Wednesday night bunch, I think, would, would be all of us in this room. Amen. And hopefully those watching online. And when we read the scriptures, things like Jesus saying, the works that I do, you'll do also, and even greater works than these because I go to my Father. It's, it's, it's very easy for us to, and, and it's what religion does. Religion says, well, we're not seeing that, so that must not be what it seems to mean. Well, it does mean that. And so there's this whole approach to, okay, so then what's missing? Why, why are we not experiencing these things? Why are we not expressing these things? Why are we not enjoying these things or at least more of them and and this is where you know we get all of these traditional religious indoctrinations and arguments i go back to the disciples they had watched jesus cast out demons hundreds if not thousands of times and every time he cast out a, a demon told it to go it left and then he gave them power over unclean spirits and they traveled all around in different areas and cast out every time they told a demon to go, it left. And then there was this father who brought his son to them. And when they went to cast out the demon, the demon didn't go. And, of course, we know that Jesus came in, talked to the dad for a minute, and then cast out the demon. And later the disciples 
had enough humility and maturity about them to know that the demon should have left when they told it to go. They didn't say, well, man, this is just the rare occasion where, you know, you hear some people say, well, maybe that little boy liked his demon. You know, they, and was, we start making all these excuses for, quote, unquote, why it didn't work. Well, the disciples didn't do that. I mean, they, they were very teachable. And they're like, hey, Jesus, why? You cast him out, and we should have been able to cast him out. You know, what happened? Why, why did it not work this time? Now, this is, again, keep in mind, this is after having cast out, I mean, I don't want to exaggerate it, hundreds? Uh, I mean, without any, uh, I'm not trying to trivialize these things. I mean, we're talking about an undefeated streak here. And, but see, what religion does is, is when you pray and it don't work, they say, well, it wasn't God's will. Or, um, you know, you start coming up with all these excuses and and all excuse remember excuses are nothing more than lies in disguise and thank god we we know that these things are ours they're our birthright and so it comes back then to this this question this pursuit this relentless pursuit of the truth this hunger hunger earnestly desire the best gifts the spiritual gifts operating in the church operating in our lives and so it kind of comes back to this whole deal of okay what What's missing? What's the missing part? What's the missing link? Um, I learned business from my uh, experience at, uh, I learned business hands-on. I took a few business classes in college, but, um, you know, helping the store owner run the Chick-fil-A at Western Hills Mall and then at the River Chase Galleria. And then, of course, later when Pam and I had our own business, and I, I had a real simple approach to business. I would, you know, seek the Lord for wisdom and help, with His help, identify what was the weakest part of my business. And I would focus and work on that to strengthen it. And then, okay, now what's the weakest part? Because there's lots of different aspects. And you've got in the cabinet business anyway, you know, you got to have salespeople, you got to have installers, you got to have equipment, um, you got to have clients, you, um, and then you got to have supply chain, you know, who you get your stuff from and how much you pay for it. I started out having to get Wilson Art Laminate out of Atlanta, and, you know, that was obviously uh, inconvenient and expensive to drive a big truck to Atlanta once every week or two and so, and so forth. And so, you know, it's like, okay, if we could just resolve this issue, then it would make things better, smoother, more profitable. And it, I just kept, you know, each part, moving it all forward, kind of like what we were talking about with this sermon. Um, didn't mean to make that tie-in, but that's kind of how it was. And that's that's how, you know, I learned a business. And I think instead of looking for what's missing, I think we need to look at this list of all the different aspects and elements of receiving from God and say, okay, which, which one am I weak in? Which, which one, you know, am I struggling with? Which, you know, of, of all these different areas, what is the one in my life that I need the Lord to help me grow in the most? And um, let, let me, I'm not saying that we can't learn. We can learn Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, say it this way. He said, tell, 
is to tell them they have all the pieces. Right? We, it's not wrong for us to try to look for what we're missing. But see, the devil, if you're not careful, he'll have you looking for pieces you already got. See? But how many of you know you can have all the pieces, but if you don't have them in the right order, you're not going to put a picture together. So we got the pieces. This is why back to the restoring precision to faith, hope, and love. I think one of the, one of the, the if, it's a strong statement, but I'm, I'm going I'm to make it. And if I need to change it anyway, I'll change, I'll change it later. I will, okay? I believe one of the biggest, if not the biggest issue with people receiving from God today is they're confusing hope and faith with one another. They're, they don't understand um, how those two aspects and elements of a comprehensive approach to receiving from God, how they work together with one another. And, and a lot of that goes back to the one-dimensional approach. The one-dimensional approach to receiving um, has to do with, okay, I've got it, and, and me uh, holding it in my hand is the evidence. It is the proof that I have. It's the, it's the visual confirmation. Well, see, when you, when you fall into that approach to receiving from God, it throws faith and hope out of sync. Um, hope is always based upon faith, which is always based upon the Word of God, which is always based upon what you see. And um, so we'll, we'll talk some more about that as we work our way through. Okay. Um, so we see then these different elements, and I'll, I'll put them up on the screen. Um, and the idea, of course, is, is our, it all goes back to God. But when we say God, I mean, it's a big subject. His nature, His character, and His ability. And we look back through the Scriptures at all the different ways God introduced Himself to us by using the different names that He used. Uh, you know, we talked a lot and continue to talk a lot about healing God introduced himself to mankind as the God who heals you. Jehovah Rapha. Amen. Who is this God that we serve? And and so he says, well, here's one part that you need to know about me. I'm the God who heals you. I'm I'm the God who, who prospers you. I'm the God who provides for you. I'm the God who covers you. Each one of these, see, he's, he's introducing uh, something about his nature, something about his character, something about his ability, something about the way he thinks, what he desires for us, what he's done for us, his actions. And then, of course, all of that is communicated to you and me through his word. How, how do we know he is the God who heals? It's in his word. He revealed it to us in his word. So you see how one of these things rests upon the other, is based upon the other. And so faith is always based upon God's Word. Hope is always based upon faith. And then endurance. So let me, let me work through a couple of these, okay? <clears throat> I want to bring some clarity to this as well. Because I've preached this and I believe this. So I'm not, I'm not trying to correct something, but we're, we're learning more about it. So what I mean, what I've preached is, I've preached this before, and I believe this, that faith is a choice, okay? Faith is a choice. 
You can choose to believe or you can choose not to believe. Amen? Right? Faith is a choice. So this is what I put in my notes. Faith, hope, and endurance all involve a choice on our part. But you don't just up and decide to have these. Because genuine faith is based upon something. Now stay with me, okay? I want you to see this. Genuine faith is based upon something. So every time you use the words or the phrases, this will help you more, this is helping me, okay? And I want it to, I want it to help you. Develop this, this, this habit, uh, this filter, if you will, in your life. Every time you use the word, words or phrases, uh, faith, hope, or these phrases, I'm standing, I'm believing, or I hope, and then whatever comes after that, right? Include the question, based upon what? Because if your faith is not based upon something God has said, see, this is where folks get in trouble, right? Well, I had faith and it didn't, and that's, you know, no, based upon what? Well, you just got to have faith, Pastor Mark. Yes, you do, but faith is based upon something. So when I say you, you can choose to expect and have hope or choose to believe or choose to not believe, there's certainly a choice involved here. But this idea that you can just up one day and decide, okay, I'm going to be a man of woman of hope. I'm going to, I'm going to have hope based upon what? Based upon what? Now, let me, let me comment a little bit more on some of these. First of all, endurance, I haven't said this this way yet, but I want, maybe this will help you, okay? Endurance bridges the gap between receiving with your spirit and holding it in your hands. Remember, God is a spirit, and you receive things first with your spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And where we're looking to, you know, receive or experience, you know, financial breakthrough or uh, some, you know, intervention in some situation or some healing for our bodies or, or what have you, well, it's first received with your spirit and then you hold it in your hands. And endurance bridges the gap between receiving with your spirit and holding it in your hands. In Mark 11, Jesus said, believe that you have received and you will have whatever you ask. Well, if you immediately hold in your hands whatever it is that you ask, there's no, there's no need to believe you received it. Because you have the visual confirmation that you've received it. But again, that's, that's how the world receives. Father gives not as the world gives, and we must learn to receive not as the world receives. So endurance without hope will quickly fade because genuine endurance is based upon and sustained by hope. Genuine endurance is based upon and sustained by a confident and joyful expectation. 
So this comes back to what we said last week. Willpower is no substitute for the right foundation. Now, you can, you know, decide that you're going to expect something uh, good, okay? But if it's not based upon you being fully persuaded in something God has said and done for you already, that kind of comes back to the just trying to uh, use willpower. I love what Brother Donald said last week. He said, willpower has no rest. Right? Willpower can't produce rest. It's, it's constant ex- exertion of energy. Now, <clears throat> let's... Hope must be based upon something more secure and definitive than a simple desire for a positive outcome. See, that, this maybe is one of the better ways the Lord showed me to date to explain this whole, it's based upon something. A lot of people, you know, they desire a positive outcome and they call that hope. Expecting something to turn out well because you want it to is not the same as expectation based upon a full persuasion something is already done and already received. Do you see the difference there? You just got to think positive. You know, you, you just got to look on the bright side. And, and that's, that's the, the world's substitute for, for genuine hope. But that's, again, restoring precision to what these things really are and, and how they work. We talked about this a good bit last week, but the passage in... Um, matter of fact, let me, let me go back to these verses right quick. I, there's certain things that I feel like we need to look at each week. And so we'll do this. Hebrews 6, 11, and 12... And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate or mimic those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Again, inherit means to physically possess what already belongs to you as a child of God. Imitate means to follow the example, repeat the established pattern to mimic Romans 4 tells us to walk in the steps of faith that Abraham had. And so if you look at that, that list of enduring till you hold it in your hands based upon hope, based upon faith, based upon God's Word, then we see all of that uh, lived out and walked out in Abraham's life. And so the Scriptures reveal an established way to receive from God. It's not random and vague, but it's specific and clear, meaning there's a right way to do it. And varying from that path or changing that established way will not produce results in your life. Then 6 and 19, Hebrews 6 and 19, we talked about this a lot last week. I just want to, again, bring it back up on the table tonight. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. So this confident and joyful expectation based upon the full persuasion that we have in, you know, already received what we do not yet hold in our hands, this is what enables us to, to endure, those who wait upon the Lord, confident expectation. And notice that the hope 
serves as an anchor of the soul. The, the Bible talks a lot about um, our, our wavering. James talks about this in light of receiving from God. How we're like those who doubt are like a wave of the sea driven and tossed. Now, the, the anchor of the soul, let, let me, we mentioned this last week, but I just really felt compelled to go back. Um, as a matter of fact, Mom and I were, were talking about some things this week and how, man, God's just doing amazing things uh, in her life and in her body. Uh, when I went to pick her up yesterday for a doctor's appointment, you know, she was out in the yard waiting for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, I thought, you know, that, that's how it used to be when I pulled up at this house, you know. And, um, and uh, I, I, don't, I know she won't mind me telling you, but um, one of the things that was, you know, potentially negative was her platelets and a lot of things in her blood. The last appointment that we went to were, weren't good, um, and the doctors were very concerned about it. And uh, when we went back yesterday... Not only were they better, this was the exact quote from the doctor, they're as good as they can possibly be. In other words, it's the, they can't, couldn't be any better, literally. Okay, And um, and so, you know, I told her, I said, Mom, I said, you, you know, it's kind of what we were talking about last Wednesday. Um, you got a lot of waves. You got a lot of stuff happening on the surface. Right. The anchor's not on the surface. The anchor is in an in an unseen but immovable place. What, what happened to Peter when he started looking at all the superficial things going on around him? It created doubt and he began to sink. Okay. And so we, we talk about not being moved. You know, none of, Paul said, none of these things move me. Let me tell you why none of those things moved him. It's because he didn't focus on the surface. The lot's happening on the surface of your life. Have you figured that out by now? Lots, lots, circumstances shift and change, things come and go, uh, bad news one day, good news the next, what, you know, whatever. See, Satan is hoping that you live your life based upon that, based upon that, you know, daily surface report. All those things are superficial. All those things are superficial. This, this is why he said uh, uh, in 2 Corinthians that we don't, we don't focus on what we see but we focus on what is unseen because what we see is physical and it's temporary. But what we don't see, but know, is eternal. It's not subject to change, right? Amen. So I'm I'm trying to kind of, I'm not trying to kind of, I'm absolutely doing it and amen. But I'm wanting to equip you with a way of, of recognizing you know, the next time you get an unexpected bill or the next time, uh, you know, your main plumbing line gets clogged or, or, you know, these different circumstances and things that happen in life, okay, is just recognize all this stuff is superficial. All of it's subject to change. Amen. And our soul is anchored in what will never change, in, what, in what's eternal, unseen, but also immovable. Amen? So he says then in, ver- in chapter 10, verse 35, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Hebrews 10, 35, 36. 
for you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now, let's attach one more verse to this, James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Same word here, okay? Um, patience, endurance. But let patience, let endurance have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. All right? So do you see then how endurance bridges this gap between receiving with your spirit and actually holding it in your hands? All right, let's... um, Thank you, Jesus. Let me, let me just kind of start this part, and then we'll, we'll jump back in here next week, okay? We've talked about receiving, so we're going to move this part forward a little bit. Can we move this part a little forward before we leave? Okay, a one-dimensional approach to receiving relies upon sensory confirmation for proof or evidence for the completed exchange. So, you ask for a $20 bill and somebody gives you a $20 bill and you know you have the $20 bill because you're holding it in your hand and you can see it with your eyes. Okay? That's a one-dimensional approach. And there's nothing wrong with that except for when it comes to receiving from God, we must understand it from a three-dimensional perspective instead of one-dimensional. From flesh to flesh as opposed to from spirit to your spirit, from your spirit through your soul to your flesh. Do you see the difference there? Yes, do you? Okay. So a one-dimensional approach to receiving has trained us to reverse the order of hope and faith. A one-dimensional approach. This one-dimensional approach is you ask a person for something physical and they hand you something physical and you receive something physical and you say thank you because your mama trained you right or whatever, okay? But the one-dimensional approach has trained us to reverse the order of hope and faith. Why? You asked expecting to receive it and when you received it, you believed you had it because you're holding it in your hand. See how that's reversed the order there, okay? Now, The reversed order reduces the powerful forces of faith and hope to wishful thinking or supposition or assumption. In other words, you asked, assuming you asked, supposing you asked, uh, you know, expecting to some extent to get whatever it is that you asked the other person for. But it's it's almost kind of like a keep your fingers crossed that they actually do it. All right. So Satan wants to substitute supposition and assumption for faith and hope. But see, supposition and assumption are based upon probability. We preached a whole series of sermons on this. I'm not going to try to redo that right now, okay? But supposition is the closest thing you can get to genuine faith without it being, okay? Because supposition means to believe something is probably true. And to expect something is true or will happen based upon it probably being true. But there's always that little probability, that chance, that it 
won't happen. So we hope that it will. And when it does, we hold it in our hands and we believe that we got whatever it is that we asked. Okay. So a one-dimensional approach to receiving relegates belief to an afterthought. Do you see this? Think about the phrase, I hope I get it. I'll believe it when I see it. I hope I get it, but we'll believe it when I see it. Or how about this phrase? I'm hoping and believing. I'm hoping and believing. You say, Pastor Mark, you're splitting hairs now. Let's split them. We're talking about precision now. Okay? My my father-in-law, Pam's dad, um, we built the cabinets together for we they built a house in Pleasant Grove in 94 Pam 1994 anyway so me and him worked together when he'd get off work work evenings and stuff we built the cabinets for that house and he's a machinist if you didn't know that okay and machinists measure things in thousands of inches okay cabinet men do not now we built some tight cabinets but we, you know we don't measure we 16 you know and um and he would always get so tickled you know and i would say now we need to just you know this needs to be you know really and he of course for him you'd have to know him anyway his personality was a personality of a machinist you know and um i'm like okay it doesn't have to be that precise you know what I'm saying? He, but you know we're talking about machinist precision here this is important and I, th- I think, in other words, we could just as easily say I'm believing and hoping. But that don't even sound right, does it? Because the world says I'm hoping and believing. Or I'm hoping and praying. Jesus didn't say hope and pray. He said pray and believe. You, 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 but the order of this, we've got, we, we got all the pieces, just we've got to get them in the right order and, and, and get strong in the areas that we're weak in. So a one-dimensional approach to receiving, which is you ask expecting to receive, you hold it in your hand, you believe you received it. So notice, it relegates belief to an afterthought. Now, there's potential for confusion here, so let's take a minute. This is important, place of much-needed correction and precision. A three-dimensional approach to receiving relies upon faith, hope, and endurance to push through and overcome the resistance Let me say that again. A three-dimensional approach to receiving relies upon faith, hope, and endurance in that order to push through and overcome the resistance of contradicting sensory-based information, also known as facts or lingering symptoms. We're going to get to this in greater detail next week. I'm just trying to plant some of this, okay? The established pattern of a three-dimensional approach believes the desire has already been received. That's what Jesus said, right? Believe you've already received and you will have it. The established pattern of a three-dimensional approach believes the desire has already been received despite no sensory evidence to confirm or prove the exchange took place. In the established pattern of a three-dimensional approach, faith is the evidence and proof instead of sensory confirmation. See, one-dimensional approach, what's the proof you received it? You want me to show it to you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got it right here. Okay, That's, that's a three-dimensional approach. In a one-dimensional approach, 
the, the evidence or proof that you've received it is, here, let me show it to you. I've got it. That's one-dimensional. Three-dimensional, the proof or evidence that you've received it is faith. Because on the surface, you've got all kinds of things that are saying you didn't receive anything. You've got all kinds of things on the surface that are saying it didn't work. It's not happening. Something's, see, again, so the, the, the facts, the, 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 the symptoms, the, 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 the balance in your check account, whatever. In the established pattern of a three-dimensional approach, faith is the evidence and proof instead of sensory confirmation, and therefore faith provides the basis for confident and joyful expectation, also known as hope. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. All right. So I'm not hoping and believing. I have believed, and because I believed, I have hope. I have confident expectation Right? Because I believed I've already received. Do you see the difference there? That's, oh my gosh, that's so important. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how, 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 how do you get to that full persuasion? See, again, God's Word, you've got to know what He said. But you also got to know who said it. Character, nature, and ability. Thoughts, desires, and actions. If you're not sure about His Word, you need to spend a little time on what He's done, what He's, what he's like, who He is. Amen. Did you get anything out of this? We, I know we've kind of been, on, we, we pushed each box a little bit tonight, moving it forward, moving it forward. Okay. Amen. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your word. Father, I, I, I believe that um, there are some things, Lord, that, that you're helping us dial in in our hearts and in our lives and in our approach to believing you, to receiving from you. Lord, some things maybe that we've allowed to slip or some others that we've put in the wrong order, haven't understood how it works. And Father, I believe that as we get these things positioned correctly and operating correctly, that we're going to start seeing some breakthroughs, Father, at a, at a rate and a pace that we haven't seen in a long, long time. And so, Lord, I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you for, for helping us understand the things that you would have for us to understand at this point and juncture in our lives. Father, as we go our separate ways, may we let our light so shine uh, before men that they see our good works and glorify you in heaven. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. I know Wednesdays can be a long day for a lot of us, but I hope you've received something that's going to help you. Amen. You'll be blessed, and we'll see you Sunday, if not before.